Good morning, welcome, and thank you for joining us for this special Good Friday service. It's such a special time to come together and celebrate what Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice that he's made for us upon the cross. We know that he rises again. We know he rose again three days later. And today, even though we're remembering Jesus' death and his sacrifice, praise God that we can celebrate that he has overcome death and that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. I'm really excited that we can have uh, two different people share a bit about their story and how Good Friday and the death of Jesus Christ has changed their lives this morning. And I really believe that these messages will encourage you, inspire you, maybe they'll be challenging you, but I really believe that uh, they can be an encouragement and build faith in your life this morning. Let's just pray together now before we sing a couple of songs together now. Lord God, we just thank you for this special day that we can celebrate the sacrifice that you have made for us upon the cross. God, we thank you that we are one of many, many, many churches and groups of people that are joining together today to remember the person, Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth, who gave his life as a sacrifice for all people. God, we thank you for the promise that you have given us that anyone who puts their faith in you Anyone who turns from sin and turns to you will have forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would bring hope, that you would bring peace and even joy into people's hearts today as they listen to the message, as we sing these songs about your grace and your love for us this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wherever you are today, would you join with us as we sing these songs? Maybe you can stand up where you are. encourage you to join in with the songs. If you don't know them, the words are going to be on the screen. Sing along if you can, and let's praise God for His amazing love for us this morning. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Well, good morning, Chet. It is such a pleasure to be here this morning and to share this beautiful message with you. My name is Beck Lethbridge and I've been a part of this church since I was 11 years old and my husband and I, we were married in this very building in 2006, so almost 14 years ago and a year after we were married, we moved away to the Ballerine Peninsula. And Luke and I, we have two beautiful little children. We have Esther, who is almost three years old, and Isaiah, who will be one in May. So in early March, Pastor Andrew came to me and asked if I would like to share a testimony on Good Friday morning and share about what Good Friday means to me. And I instantly said yes. Uh, This has been a mission of mine over the past 12 months to say yes to opportunities that have come my way and then work out the details later. So that afternoon as Luke and I were travelling home from church, I, I just casually said to him, oh, and Andrew has asked me to speak on Good Friday morning. And I said to Luke, what do we do on a Good Friday morning? What, what have we been up to? Like, refresh my memory. Now, you guys have to know that uh, our beautiful little boy, Isaiah, he doesn't sleep. He enjoys partying at night time. 
So I haven't really had a full night's sleep since before he was born. So please forgive my mum brain if it gets a little fuzzy sometimes. But here we go. So let's dive straight in. So as I began to reflect on our Easter and Good Fridays that we have had, I began to see the incredible work that God has done in our life and in our marriage. So Luke and I, we had been running two businesses. We were so, so busy. We were organising events. We were running fundraisers, doing things with church. And often we would get to Easter and we would just stop and we would really rest and, and reflect. We would always eat way too much chocolate and indulge in hot cross buns. We enjoy sipping on hot cuppers and having deep conversations. We had often gone away for the long weekend and spent time in nature, at the beach, and we have even dramatically stepped out in faith over the Easter period. So just two years ago, on Easter Saturday, we put an offer on a house in Biak and that got accepted that evening. And then we watched God do miracle after miracle as we trusted in him and we uprooted our entire lives on the Ballerine Peninsula to move back home. And here we are. It's just amazing that year after year that God is implanting and shifting things in our hearts. Here is the very thing about our relationship with God. It's always growing, getting deeper and stronger the more that we grow in our faith. Good Friday is the very basis of our faith. It's a time when we remember and reflect that God sent his son to earth as a man to die a horrific death and then three days later rose again victoriously and now he is in heaven with God. In Galatians 2.20, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. How great is God? It is only by the blood of Jesus that we are set free, that we are forgiven and that we are made right with him that now we can have relationship with God and we can call him our Heavenly Father. Now, at this particular time in our lives, 2020, in this whole world, God is shifting things. Sometimes in our life, I believe that God needs to do a massive work in us to really get us to where he needs us to be. And it may take something like a global pandemic to make you, to force you to stop and to rest and learn to be still, leaning on him for your everything. Here's the thing about faith. Faith is believing in the unseen. In the natural world, so many things are happening. There is fear, there is sickness, grief, uncertainty, loneliness, and the list goes on and on. But God wants us, his people, to set our minds and to turn our hearts to him. 
It says in Psalm 56, verse 3, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When we call on him, when we are in his presence, things happen. He is transforming us to be like him. Our identity in Christ is in Christ, sorry, not in our status, in our title, in our job, or even what we have on this earth. Our identity is who we are in Christ and who he has created us to be. I believe that when we have nothing left in our tanks, when we are completely empty, this is where God wants us to be. So it propels us to move forward, to dig in, to reach out with both hands and to get closer to our great God. He is so, so good. And I'd love to read Psalm 139. And I'm reading from the Message Bible because I just love the way it's written. It just, it just gets me. So Psalm 139 says, God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I am an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I am thinking. You know when I leave and when I come back. I am never out of your sight. You know everything I am going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you are there. Then up ahead and you are there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you are there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far horizon, you find me in a minute. You are already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I am immersed in the light. It is a fact. Darkness isn't darkness to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. Yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you. Oh God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know my every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared before I've even lived one day. Investigate my life, O oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. Wow. It's awesome. 
So I'd just like to say thank you so much for listening. And it's so great that we can connect digitally today. And my prayer and my heart is that God would reveal himself to you more and more over this Easter weekend. And now Luke and I, we would like to share a song that has been playing on repeat since October of last year. And this song is called Waymaker. And we really pray that God's Holy Spirit touches you where you are today. God bless you, church. Well, this is certainly different. Who would have thought a few weeks ago when Andrew asked if I would uh, share some of my testimony uh, that we'd be having to do it like this uh, on camera. Yeah, this is a bit, uh, bit nerve-wracking, but no worries. Uh, all good, and uh, God, with God's help, I'd love to share just some of my testimony with you. Um, thanks, Andrew, for the opportunity. And thanks, Matt, for putting these things together. It's really good. But these days that we live in, it's really strange, isn't it? Um, it reminds me of what it says in Luke 21. It talks about men's hearts failing them for fear, for watching after the things that are coming on the earth. And that's really what we see, and that's what we find ourselves in this situation. There's so much fear around. People are afraid. Everywhere you go, there's just fear. And you know, it's so awesome, isn't it, that uh, only just a few weeks ago, when we did meet together for the last time, we got that word from Kimberly. Fear not. She was telling us to fear not and be the church. Let us be the church in this time and to fear not. And that is it, isn't it? Because it says, isn't it, in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that is an instruction. There's no use praying to God to ask him not to let us be afraid. It's an instruction to us to not let our hearts be afraid. And how we do that is by turning to the word and keeping our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. That old hymn that we sometimes sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. And so we will, we'll turn to the Bible and have a bit of a look. But you know, in this time, Mandy and I, we're practicing spiritual distancing and faith hygiene because man, when you tune into what the world's saying and what the world's telling us, it's just terrible. That stuff will kill your faith quicker than any virus. And so we need to keep ourselves focused on God's word and focused on these things. You know, it tells us, doesn't it, that uh, I think it's in Ephesians, isn't it? Ephesians 1, I'm just going to read it. it help if I go to Ephesians instead of Galatians, wouldn't it? Ephesians 1 and 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It says that he's above every name that is named. COVID-19 has a name. And I'm telling you, according to this word, Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ is far above that. You know, for us, because in the natural realm, men can find no answer to this at the moment. But the answer is no necessarily in the natural realm. For us who believe it's in the spiritual realm, because Jesus Christ in his name, he's above every name that was ever named. And his name is the one that will prevail in any circumstance that we find ourselves in. Anyway, so I want to turn over to Romans, Romans 10, Romans 10 and 9. It's a favourite verse of mine, the old chorus says. I'll just, I'm going to run out of time, so I better just quote it instead of turning over. Romans 10 and 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because it's with our mouth that we confess, and with our heart that we believe. That's the way faith works. The faith that we use to get saved, the way we got saved, the way we were born again, is by confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's by believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the way we get saved. You see, faith is voice activated. We've got to speak it. We've got to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've got to speak it out, but we've got to believe it in our heart. There's no good just knowing it in our head, because that will not work. It has to come from our heart. We have to speak it, and we have to believe it. And that's how we get saved. You know, I had the privilege of being born into a Christian home. Um, both my parents were believers. Both my sets of grandparents were believers. My maternal grandparents, so my great-grandparents, they were believers. Um, my grand, both my grandfathers, their folks were not. My grandfather Brown, he came through the First World War and he prayed to God that if he would take him through this, he would trust him. But he didn't. When he got out of the army, he was a gunner. And when he got out of the army, he became an alcoholic. And it wasn't until he met and had an experience with Jesus Christ that his life was transformed. My papa Jarden on my mother's side, he thought he was serving God. He played in the flute band in the Orange Walk. And he, but he was a drunkard. And it wasn't until he had an experience uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ that he was transformed. His life was transformed. You know, I've really enjoyed, we had, Andrew had so, this, the message on be transformed. You know, that's what we need. We need to be transformed. And so I had the privilege of being born into that kind of family. But that privilege meant that I had also the privilege of being dragged along to church every Sunday, every service. We went to worship meeting in the morning. Then it was Bible class, Sunday school, then home. And then we went to a teaching meeting, then home again. And then we went to a gospel meeting at night. And my favourite one of all was the Tuesday night prayer meeting and Bible reading, where we would all meet together and everyone would whinge and moan and complain to God for an hour. Man, that really, that really didn't bless me at all as a kid. It really didn't. I'll tell you what, prayer, prayer is not about whinging and moaning to God. It says pray without ceasing and people wonder how they can do that. It doesn't mean that we're on our knees 24 hours a day, but prayer is just a communication between God and me. Prayer is just talking to God. 
Prayer is just communicating with God, listening to what he says and speaking to him, thanking him for the things. Yes, we can ask for things. Yes, we can do that. But most of the time when we're praying and speaking to God, it's just a relationship and a communication. And that is awesome. Anyway, that was the family that I was uh, brought up in. And so you see, faith comes by hearing. I sat under God's word for years after year, uh, just even as a kid. But when I was four and a half, my grandpa Brown, he passed away. And on his, uh, he, he died of antibiotic poisoning. And so he passed away when I was four and a half. And I knew he was in heaven because he was a godly man. He devoted his life after he got saved, after he uh, got delivered from alcoholism and came out of the army. He devoted his life to God. And I knew he was in heaven. And I knew that I wasn't going there. I knew that I had never accepted Jesus Christ as my saviour yet. And I knew that if I died, I would go to that place called hell. And I didn't want to go there. And so as a four and a half year old, just as a kid, I got down behind the couch in my grandma's uh, room and I asked the Lord Jesus into my life. And you know, even at that young age, in doing that and taking a stand for Jesus, you know, Satan doesn't like it. And even at that young age, after that, I kept hearing things like, oh, you're not really saved. You've never really trusted Jesus. You're still going to hell. If Jesus came back now, you'd be left behind. And I got really upset. And I always remember one night I was so upset, I was crying. And I remember my dad saying to me, he says, I don't think Satan would be telling you you're not saved. He doesn't preach the gospel. He's not trying to get you saved. He's not going to tell you that you need to be born again if you're not born again. And so I found some comfort in that. Then as the time went on, when I was 11 years old, I got water baptised. You see, our church didn't preach uh, that saved and baptised was all at the one time. They, it was a separate thing. And so I got baptised, water baptised when I was 11 years old. And I was at high school at the time. And it was, like, it was like another surge of energy from God in my life. And I would argue with the teachers about evolution. And I would argue about these things and talk about these things. And we'd have discussions with the teachers. And of course, again, the devil doesn't like that. And with my friends, we started playing these fantasy role-playing games. We played sci-fi ones. And I was the dungeon master for Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, Middle-earth role-playing game. And we also played... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and um, we got into that sort of stuff. Now these things, Dungeons and Dragons, are some of the stuff in that. The spells in that are actually lifted from books on witchcraft. And these things were not to do with God. These things draw, drew me away from God. And I got interested in all sorts of stuff. I started being interested in divination and self-hypnosis, and I wanted to be a ninja, so I read books on ninjutsu and things like that. You know, and that's where I gave the devil place in my life because Psalm 91 says, if you abide under the shadow, of, if you abide in the secret place of the Most High, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I had stepped out from that. I was out from under that umbrella and I had given the devil license to operate in my life and I went into the most dark period that I had ever been in up until that time. And for a period of time, uh, I couldn't operate. I ceased to be able to function properly. I couldn't look at the light. I had terrible migraine headaches. I couldn't look at bright. I couldn't go out in the daylight. You know, it reminds me of that scripture that says, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And I went on for a, a period of years until I was 17. And I had a terrible, I had to leave school when I was at 15 and a half because I just couldn't function anymore because I was so, I was so 
beset with these things. Now, thank God I know now that as a believer who has been born again and the Holy Spirit has sealed my spirit, I cannot be possessed by the demons. But by here you can be oppressed by them. And I certainly was. These things mucked up my life. I used to have a terrible shocking temper. I used to have terrible things. I knew I had lost control. I couldn't control it. And I would smash every piece of fruit in the fruit bowl on the ground. And my poor mum, she would wonder what was going on. And you see, it wasn't until I come to the end of that I realised that if, it, if I didn't do something about it, I was going to die. I had thoughts of suicide and all kinds of things like that. There was no point of living. It was too dark. It wasn't a good. And when I was 17, I sat down and I went to the people in my church. And I said, what do I do? I need to get out of this. And they, they had no answers. Why? Because we didn't believe in that in our church. We didn't believe in things like deliverance. We didn't believe in these things. We didn't believe these things were for today. We said, they just told me, oh no, don't, don't talk about that thing. Don't worry about that. But it was too late. I was involved in it. I was in the grip of it. And so I had to go and read books. I found books that were written by ex-Satanists who had come to know Jesus Christ as their saviour. And I read those books. And praise the Lord, I found in there that I had the authority to stand and use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to kick these demons out of my life. Because it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It doesn't it say he will flee from God? It says he'll flee from you. Why is that? Because you're resisting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I did. And I got these demons kicked out of my life when I was 18. And that was when I had another change in my life and another surge of power from God. And I, and I got turned on for the Lord and not on fire. And it was through that time when God told me to come to Australia for the first time. I believed it was God's will for me to come to Australia. And it has been. I don't have time to share all about that just now. But through that time and through that experience, it took me years. I came to Australia and because of my impatience, I ended up going back home. Uh, and I was at home for seven years and before God told me to come back. Anyway, I come back to Australia in 1995. And that was a process. Look, again, because when you take a stand for Jesus and when you start talking about things uh, to do with Jesus and tell people that God has sent you to Australia, the devil doesn't like it. And the devil was there again. And he came in and tried to mess up everything in my life, and he did. And I've had a terrible time of it since i come to Australia uh, because the devil cleaned my clock and he just steamrolled me into the dirt. But man, praise God. I come to know there was more to it than what I already had. There was a, there was a, I could see in the Bible that there was a way to have victory, but I didn't experience it. I didn't have it. You see, our church, where I was brought up in, we didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were for today. We didn't in fact, I, I taught that speaking in tongues was of the devil. I taught that these things had passed away with the apostles. I was, I was the one that was saying this. I was agreeing with this because of my background and where I had come from in the occult and stuff like that. I said, that's of the devil and we don't want anything to do with that. But I'll tell you what, the devil killed my mother because of the way she died. She didn't even get her 70 years or three score years and 10. The devil killed her. Uh, and it was the same with my dad. And it was in the way that these things happened made me realize that the devil was at work and I'd seem to be powerless and helpless to stand against it. It was terrible. And I reached a really dark place in my life where I turned my back on God for three days. For three days, I turned my back on God. And I'll tell you, that was the darkest, darkest experience I've ever had. What, what despair and what terror 
to realise I felt myself was without God. And it wasn't very long, as I say, it was only three days because I couldn't stand it. And I came to that point, I realised, and I had to believe what God's word said, that God is a good God. And God hadn't done these things. You see, our church taught that these sicknesses were put on us to teach us lessons. That the, the people said to us that these sicknesses happened to my mum and my dad because God had not sent us to Australia and we had somehow stepped out of his will and we were being punished. And, and that's what we were taught. That's what we believed. I had to come to the point and realise that's wrong. That is not right. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the devil. The devil wants us to believe that God is putting all these things on us. It's the same with today with this virus. People think that it's God's judgment. No, it's not God's judgment. God judged Jesus Christ for my sin and for the whole sin of the world. And if God judges this world before Jesus Christ returns, then he's going to have to apologize to Jesus because Jesus took on his body on the cross all God's wrath against my sin and all God's wrath against the sin of this world. And Jesus paid that price so that God's not angry with us anymore. Man, this was a revelation to me when I started learning these things. God's not angry with me anymore. I could never be good enough. I had tried for over 40 years to live up to the Bible and I couldn't do it. Man, it was, it was terrible. It was a burden. I could not do it. I just could not do it. And there was sin in my life that I couldn't overcome. And I got to the point where I started looking outside of my church for different teachings and I thought man I'm going to listen to some of these Pentecostal people and some of these charismatic people I knew I thought they were of the devil but man they seem to be happy and they seem to be getting results and they seem to be having victory and I thought, I'm going to listen to some of their stuff and it took me a while because I was very cautious I didn't I was a lot of stuff I didn't want to believe because there's a lot of crazy stuff out there that they blame God for and it's not true it's not true but anyway Eventually, I come to the realization they were talking. I come to the realization I needed power. I needed something to overcome. I had this form of godliness, but there was no power there. I was denying the power. What was that power? That power was the Holy Spirit that God gave me when I was born again. But I had to acknowledge his presence in my life. I had to acknowledge and I had to ask Jesus to be immersed in Holy Spirit. And man, when I did that, I felt like I was born again all over again. It was awesome. It was amazing. Did I get any more of God's Spirit than when I started out? No, no, because God's Spirit only comes in one measure. It tells us in the Bible that we have each one of us received the full measure of faith. There only is one measure of faith. We only get one measure of Holy Spirit, but we can operate in it to different degrees. And because the way I was brought up and the way I was taught, we did not acknowledge the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit's ministry for today. We didn't acknowledge it. So I wasn't worth living in the good of it. I'm telling you, after that day, as I say, I felt I was born again all over again. I had a hunger to read God's word, which was a burden to me before. I had a hunger to read it. I had a hunger to study it. I started to see victory. I'll tell you what, in the last seven or eight years, I've seen more victory in my life and more of the blessings of God and answer to prayer than I'd ever seen in the last 40 odd years. You know, I never had a lot of money. I still don't have a lot of money. But I'll tell you, financially was a pro financial things were a problem for me my whole life. But I'll tell you, since in the last three or four years, I have gathered more money in the bank than I've ever had. And it's not a lot. Some folk probably make more in a month than I've got in the bank. 
That's not the point. The point is, what have I done different? Nothing. I've done nothing different. Supernaturally, because of God's power and God's blessing and God's goodness, I'm seeing these things. I had given up on relationships. I had given up. I was getting ready to sell up my property. The devil was running me off in this place. I was getting ready to sell up my property and buy a van and travel around Australia and follow the sun until the Lord came because I'd had enough. But God had other ideas, and I'm sure, as you know, uh, that last year, um, I, Mandy and I got married. And that was, that was amazing. That was amazing. But something that I had prayed for since I was 12 years old and never seen an answer to prayer. Because the devil, any relationship I ever had with a girl, the devil came in and somehow destroyed it and messed it up. And nothing ever worked out. And here we are. Here was I found this woman who was in, on fire for the Lord, who was interested in the Bible, who amazingly came from exact opposite end of the spectrum to where I come from. I, was, I came from obviously a religious background. And I'll tell you, religion will kill you. Religion's no any good. There's no power in it because it has a form of godliness, but it denies the power thereof. And it is only by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can overcome. God didn't, Jesus didn't come just to forgive us of our sins. Although he did, he forgave us of our sins, but he came to save us from our sins. He's our saviour. He saves us from our sins. And to be able to do that and to be able to overcome the sin that we have in this world, we need to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've been born again, we need to acknowledge that within us. And acknowledge, it says in Philemon, acknowledge every good thing, every good gift that is within you. And in doing that, we then are able to overcome and be overcomers. Man, it's awesome. I'll tell you what, I don't know, but maybe something that I'm saying, maybe that messes with your theology. I'll tell you what, it messed with mine 10 years ago, but I'll tell you what, don't wake me up because I'm having the best time with the Lord that I've ever had in my entire life. And I now have a beautiful wife that I'm married to and we are on the same page, the same page. That's a miracle that God brought us to the same point from different directions. Praise God for our sister Kerry who decided Mandy. Man, that was awesome. It was fantastic. Look at where we're at. We're able to have been married and have a lovely time together. I'll tell you what, that is God's blessing. God wants to bless. I'm not anything special. Nobody, it's it. God loves every man and every woman the same, no matter where you are. He says he wills not the death of any. I'm going to look at Ephesians 3 and then I'll finish. I probably went too long already, but never mind. Ephesians 3, this is the thing. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the gift that God has given. That's what Jesus Christ came to die for. That's what the sacrifice of Jesus means to me. Jesus Christ come and saved me, forgave me of my sins. He saved me from my sins. And praise God, we're ready to go and be with him when he's coming back. And that day might be very soon. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in him. Unto him, God the Father, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Thanks for listening and God bless. I really hope that you've been encouraged by those messages this morning. I want to say a huge thank you to Ron and Beck for sharing your heart and your life with us today. You know, God loves every one of us. Every one of our stories are different. And the way God works in our life, the things that have happened in our lives are all different. 
But God understands your situation. He knows where you're at right now. And I pray today that you would be able to accept his gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice for you. It's not about how good we are or what we've done for him, but it's simply by trusting that he took our place. He died on the cross for our sin that sets us free. This morning, we're going to finish our time together by taking communion. And if you've never taken communion before, I invite you to join with us today as we, as we do this together. Jesus said, do this as often as you meet together in remembrance of what I've done for you. So this morning, if you want to go and find a piece of bread or maybe a piece of biscuit and a cup of grape juice or whatever juice or, or maybe even just a cup of water, we're going to sing a song in just a moment. If you'd like to go and find the biscuit and that, that cup, and we're going to, after this song, take communion together as we remember Jesus' amazing sacrifice for us. Let's just go and do that now as this song plays to us now. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your amazing grace. God, for your love for sinners like me. For every person who's listening to this message today, God, I thank you that you know them and you love them. God, all our stories are different, but the one thing is the, that's the same for every one of us is that it's through faith in you, in your sacrifice for us, that we can have forgiveness and eternal life. And God, right now, just before we take communion, I just ask that you would help us this morning, God, to surrender again to you. God, we thank you for everything you've done for us. God, we want to say sorry for our sin and ask you, Lord, to lead us on from this day. Help us to live for your glory. Help us to live with an understanding and awareness of your love and your presence with us day by day. And God, we just thank you so much for this time together and remembering your amazing sacrifice for us. Let's eat and drink together now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I just pray that you would just minister into people's homes today, Lord, wherever they're watching this message. God, I just pray that where there's been a feeling of condemnation, a feeling of insignificance or unworthiness, God, I just thank you for just ministering to people's hearts right now. Just let them know and, and understand that you love them completely. God, I just pray that you would take away a sense of guilt, a sense of shame or any sense of, uh, of anger, Lord, maybe or unforgiveness of others, God, that we would understand your amazing grace and your forgiveness of us and that we would be free from these things in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that this special Good Friday in 2020, that God, it would be a day that, that we can look back to and remember how you touched our life on that day. God, we thank you for, for this time and just pray that you would use us to spread and share the love and the hope we have in you with the world around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
I want to say again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you can, please share this service with someone you know. Maybe you can share it on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All these things help us get the message out to those around us. And let's be looking forward to Sunday morning too. Please, if you can, join us again as we come together to remember that we have a risen Saviour. He didn't just die on the cross for us, but He rose again. He came to life and He is alive today. He's coming back uh, and He is going to judge the world. He's gonna, he is the righteous judge of all the earth. And we want to be praising Him. We want to be thanking Him every day of our lives. So please, would you join us this Easter Sunday, 10.30 a.m., 10 a.m. for the chat. You can jump online and join with us there. God bless you all. I hope you have a great day continuing to remember what He has done for you.